Howdy listeners from coast to coast, from the Gulf to Canada and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. You know, the staccato of news and current events and all sorts of distractions which are purposeful, if possible, is actually increasing in tempo. There's no way I'm going to get to all the things I want to bring to you today, but I'm going to get to enough to make you think. It's my job to bring you the dots that nobody else identifies or that are hidden from you intentionally and let you connect them. We're going to have the history of black and white swans and what I call the gray albatrosses. I'll tell you how this story came about too. That'll kind of tie in with the ranch story today. And then we're going to have just a little smidgen more of economic news, behind the scenes news, because somehow, you know, folks just aren't telling you what's going on out there. They want you to think all is wine and roses. And uh, it's more like vinegar and thorns, folks. You need to prepare. Don't worry. Prepare, okay? This is not the time for concern. This is the time for thought and action on a whole bunch of levels, as you'll see, because the rat-a-tat-tat today, which we're going to be bringing you in, it's a big one, is covering all sorts of subjects from military. I mean, it's just disgraceful what I'm going to be sharing with you. And there'll be some videos uh, on the website, which will really fill in the details for you. Some new news that's coming out on COVID and the COVID jabs and what's happening around the world with people's health and women's health and baby's health. It is absolutely reprehensible. It's not a strong enough word, but I won't go there since this is kind of a family show. So let's start, as we always do, with a quote from the founders. In this case, again, the founder's mentor, Thomas Paine. And you've heard this quote before, but I'm going to give you kind of the rest of the story on it, just as I'm going to do with the black and white swans today. The quote that I'm about to give you is probably his most famous in certain ways, but the last sentence or two is always left off. I'm going to include it today. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price on its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. Let's go into the ranch story. So there's a group in Wyoming, very active, relatively new, growing like by leaps and bounds, Wyoming Stock Growers for Liberty. And I had the honor of being asked to be their speaker at their last meeting, which was, in fact, Monday. And absolutely tremendous bunch of people from all over the state. I was privileged to meet a number of candidates who were running in various districts around Wyoming. The incoming, well, I, I think the election is rather assured for them, the incoming Secretary of State Chuck Gray, who ran on a platform of election integrity, good for him. The hopeful gubernatorial candidate, Mr. Bean, and a host of others. And it was really insightful. I'm going to share with you some of the political shenanigans that are going on in red, red, red Wyoming in another show. Now let's get into the history of black swans, white swans, and then the rest of the story, gray albatrosses. So for the left... For Marxism to succeed in the United States, for the globalists to achieve their ends, they have to destroy faith, they have to destroy family, and they have to destroy the Constitution, which they're beginning to do through ignoring the rule of law and the lack of accountability. And of course, all the other elements, the pillars of American society, in fact, Western society, and of freedom, have all been under brutal assault. Since 2008, when was, oh, that's right, that was Barack Obama's election. Hmm, Must be a coincidence. 
Let's talk about white swans first. These are really big events that are good events over the last 50, 60 years. We had the election of Reagan. We had his re-election. We had the collapse of the USSR. We had the 94 Gingrich Congressional Revolution. We had Bush v. Gore. Not that Bush was great, but he was better than Gore. We had Trump in 2016. We had the 2010 midterm revolution during Obama's first term. Those are the white swans. That's it. Let me give you a list of the black swans over the roughly same time period. We had the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the collapse of South Vietnam, the debacle in Saigon on the evacuation, the Iranian Revolution and the hostages, the great inflation which followed that during Jimmy Carter's term, the rise in interest rates to 20.5%. We've gone over that in the history of interest rates and the history of inflation over the last several weeks. If you haven't listened to those shows, please do. I'm telling you, it will help you prepare on the rightsideradio.com. We had the SNL collapse in the mid-80s. We had the dot-com collapse in the 2000 area. We had the collapse of Lehman Brothers and the Great Recession, 2007 and 2008, which extended really almost through 2012. We had the election of Barack Obama in 2008, and then we had his re-election in 2012. I'll tell you why that's a black swan when we get to the rest of the story. We had the 2014 Ukrainian coup, engineered by the CIA and, yes, Barack Obama. We're reaping the fruits of that today in many respects. And then, of course, we had the 2020 COVID nonsense and the 2021 COVID vaccine nonsense. And we had the 2020 election fraud, a slap in the face to democracy, which they love to say they support, and obviously an undermining of all the pillars which have to be taken down to collapse this representative republic. And now the rest of the story. And the rest of the story, folks is that conservatives have never capitalized on their white swans. And we have another one coming up, and I'm going to talk very briefly about it at the end of this historical segment. On this election, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the senatorial candidates and where the races are at and who needs your support, because the Senate is crucial, as crucial in many ways and in even more important ways than the House. On the other hand, while conservatives have adopted a laissez-faire attitude. Okay, we won. Now we can go back to work. We can go back to our families. You know, the guys up there in Washington or at the state house are going to take care of everything. That hasn't been the case, has it? I mean, while the cat's away, the mice will play. If the white swan event, which is shaping up, depending upon election fraud, depending upon external circumstances, depending upon or not whether war breaks out between now and then, five weeks from now, If this white swan event shapes up as it could, not as it will, that's up to us, but as it could, for once, and then forever after that, conservatives have to keep pushing the point of the spear, which is truth and freedom, ever further and ever harder. This is not a time to relax if we do win. And once again, if we do win. On the other hand, the left has been absolutely superlative, superb in exploiting the black swans, which favored their side. And if you think any of those black swans were happen chance, if you think any of them weren't engineered, if you think the mechanics of them were not set in motion for a much bigger long-term agenda long before they occurred, then you're fooling yourself. Let me give you some examples of the gray albatrosses, the continued push, the relentless charge into the breach of freedom that each of these black swans, or at least many of them, resulted in that the 
democratic Marxists, or should I say the Marxists, and the globalists exploited with adept skill, with brilliance. I mean, give the devil, give the enemy their due. The assassination of Kennedy ushered in LBJ. LBJ, of course, with the Great Society Program, began the modern welfare state, which had been started by another progressive, FDR, and before him, Woodrow Wilson. We've talked about that in the history of Marxism in the United States. Go to the archives on the rightsideradio.com. In addition, Kennedy was intent on dismantling the deep state. He was a big believer in Eisenhower's warning about the industrial military complex. Gee, I wonder why he was assassinated. Huh, imagine that. And then, in the collapse of Saigon and South Vietnam, that was really the last poison pill of a generation that doubted the government, doubted the truth in government, and doubted the purpose of the United States, many of whom became liberals, and many of whom became educators, educating your children, and now your children's children. And as I talked about with this group on Monday night, we, all you folks listening to me now, we are the rear guard action. Our mission is to slow this down, to stop the ball of anti-freedom, totalitarianism, and globalism so that the next generation can finish the job. That's why schools are important, curriculum is important, school boards are important. Get involved at the local level, folks. This is about your country. This is about freedom actually on the planet Earth. That's how big it is. And it'll be one, one student, one mind at a time. But you must, you must get involved. You can no longer look away. You can no longer be distracted. You know, if you don't watch Sunday football and instead you have a conference with the teachers or whatever, well, that's a good thing. The Iranian Revolution and the hostages, while it precipitated a white swan event, Reagan's election, it also began the downward decline of oil and energy and the industry. Oh, yes, it surged afterwards, and we were the largest producer in the world, etc., etc., etc. And in some ways, the oil embargo of OPEC during this whole Iranian mess back there in the 70s and 80s spurred that. And that's a white swan event, but it can disappear overnight. Just look at President Gaddafi's first day in office. I mean, basically, he decimated the U.S. energy industry in his first 12-hour period as president, exceeding his authority. But that, of course, goes to the rule of law and an attack on the Constitution. Everything is tied in here. Everything is tied in. And then, of course, we had the Great Inflation. The Great Inflation gave more power to the Federal Reserve and gave more power to the Treasury. It enabled the beginnings of what has become this rampant use of the printing press. And, of course, it capitalized on another black swan event I didn't even mention, was, which was Richard Nixon, a so-called Republican, taking us off the gold standard in 1972. I brought you that story in the historical context, too. Once again, the archives on the rightsideradio.com. And the SNL collapse, that gave Congress all sorts of excuses to regulate banking and to watch how you bank, to control how much money you have, how much cash you have which is the foundation of where they're going now, a potential digital currency, which they control completely. They'll be able to tell what type of lettuce you eat. The collapse of the dot-coms in 2000, all that did was cement Section 230, right? They get to operate with impunity. It is kind of like how we treat China. We treat China as a developing nation when actually they are, in every respect, our peer, and in some respects are now exceeding us economically and militarily. 
The 2007-2008 collapse of Lehman Brothers, the ensuing Great Recession, set this country and the West back on its heels economically. We have never recovered, folks. That was kind of like the opening punch in a boxing match. It made us wobbly. And on wobbly economic legs, playing on the economic fears of people, and keeping from them real information, and through the use of propaganda, it allowed an economic strategy to be implemented to bankrupt this country, to overwhelm it with debt and expense. And it allowed the powers that be all sorts of latitude, the ability to get in all sorts of little laws and little writers and little hidden amendments and monstrous bills like the ACA, right? Obamacare. Obamacare was born of economic duress, which was created in the 2007-2008 debacle. And I can go on down the list. There's an executive order that Barack Obama signed in 2011, another gray albatross born of this black swan event. I'm going to tell you more about that next week. But it was voted on 93 to 7 in the Senate. 93 to 7. And what this executive order, which we'll go into greater detail in another show on, it really allows the United States military, this is going to tie into the rat-a-tat-tat stories today, to shoot people. Those people being Americans on American soil. You know the prohibition against that posse comitatus? Well, that went by the wayside with this executive order, ratified 93 to 7 in the United States Senate in 2011. And it was born of fear that resulted from the economic collapse and the economic instability of the Western world and America still ongoing in 2011. But the greatest gray albatross of Obama's re-election was the fact that he's in his third term. You don't think Cadaver is running the show, do you? Listen to Obama's own words in 2019. People would ask me, knowing what you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec- a, a third term? Um, and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony, wow. I, I'd be fine with that. Barack Obama's re-election in 2012, I won't share my opinion on how that was a dry run for 2020, at least in this show, resulted in the great albatross of evermore control by the executive branch over the agencies, which really, let's face it, they formulate the regulations which somehow gain the status of law without having gone through the legislative branch, i.e. an attack on the Constitution. And number two, The executive branch, in this case Obama, gets to put people in high places who then put their people in middle places, who then put more people in lower places, and soon you have changed the culture of your institutions. Take a look at the CIA. Take a look at the FBI. Think about McCabe and Comey and Clapper and Brennan. You know those names. They were all appointees, folks. And they were all appointees that resulted from the Black Swan event of Barack Obama's re-election in 2012. Think about what havoc they have wrought on faith, family, and the Constitution. And because his moles controlled the agencies, he was able to engineer the 2014 coup in Ukraine. The history of Ukraine is another historical story I've shared with you. You should listen to it. 
It will explain much about what's going on right now. On the right side radio.com, the archive section, or type Ukraine in the search bar. And of course, the 2020 COVID, 2021 COVID vaccine, that all tied in with the 2020 election fraud, which was financed by NGOs to the tunes of billions of dollars. They were planning it for many years. And many of these NGOs have ties to, oh my, Barack Obama and George Soros and the Rockefeller Foundation and those dot-coms that grew in power with the 2000 collapse. Facebook, the Zuckbucks, $350 million that funded ballot boxes, etc., and drop boxes. You don't believe this happened? The 2000 Mule movie is on the website. Click on it. Watch it. True the Vote, who is a terrific outfit. True the Vote is coming out with another, which I hope to have up on the website via the producers here in the next week or so, as soon as we can get our hands on it. It's even more elaborate, even more expansive than the 2000 Mule video, which is a real eye-opener. And each of these black swan events and accumulatively resulted in the rise of our annual expenditures from about 8% to about 40 plus percent in the terms of social welfare spending, which of course contributes to our <laughs> our sorry state of affairs with our 123% negative net worth, our 123, well now 124 trillion dollar negative net worth, and our annual GDP being 27% under our GDP, folks, not taxes, GDP, 27% under our annual expenses. Understand that these albatrosses, once implemented, are poison pills with long-term, intentionally long-term, brilliantly planned long-term and insidious effects. Education, budget, money printing, climate change, health, and the fear of climate change and health to motivate people to appeal to their emotional drawstrings and close the common sense portion of their mind. Division, and of course, ever-growing power of the federal government and the agencies which become ever more empowered under a growing federal government. I left out one black swan event, 9-1-1-2001. And what's the gray albatross on that? <laughs> well, the rest of that story is the Patriot Act. That's right, the genesis and the foundation of all the modern surveillance techniques that are ever-increasing on a day-by-day -day basis and intruding into every aspect of your personal life. And folks, they're just getting started. We'll talk more about that next week. Next week, I'm going to tell you a little bit about these congressional races and where there's key things where you can contribute. And But today, we're going to talk about the Senate. Because remember, the Senate ratifies treaties. The Senate is the body that votes on things like the 2011 Obama executive order that I was just talking about. Conservatives have a chance to take back the Senate. Once again, this is an if, not a definite. It's up to you and to other Americans to make sure that that happens. If you go to ontherightsideradio.com, we have a full campaign contribution page. It's under Take Action. It's right in the middle of the homepage. Can't miss it. Defend Your Freedom, Take Action. Click on that. It'll bring you to the page. We have the key senatorial, congressional, and other races set up on a page. You can just click to contribute to each of them, and you need to. As I said last week, this is an investment in the future of your country, of your personal security, both financial and otherwise, and obviously in the future of your children and grandchildren. 
But very quickly, Marco Rubio, Florida. He's ahead by several points, but it is a tight race. Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. He's surging right now. The Marxist and unbelievable tendencies of his opponent, Fetterman, are finally coming to light, although the press has tried to damp it down. Oz is neck and neck. Okay, let's put him over the line. Adam Laxalt, Nevada. He's actually several points ahead right now. That would be a huge flip. Gerald Malloy in Vermont. You know, his chances are outside, but he has a chance. He's a military guy. He would be great, Vermont Senate, and obviously offset our friend Bernie Sanders. J.D. Vance in Ohio. Again, ahead by several points, but a tight race. Tim Herschel in Georgia. He was ahead by several points. Now they've started a smear campaign about he paid for the abortion of some girlfriend in 2009. The usual Democratic playbook, you know, and they got his son on there talking about what a monster he is. You know, it's uh, the Kavanaugh and Gorshel hearings all over again. So you can imagine. But that's a winnable race. Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. This is the only guy in the House and the Senate who took on Big Pharma on these jabs. And you know what? He was exactly right. He was the only guy with the cojones to have hearings, to have testimony. He absolutely deserves your thanks and he deserves your contributions. He's managed to pull now slightly ahead of Mandela, his Marxist opponent, but we need to keep him in that position. Ron Johnson, Wisconsin. Tiffany Smiley in Washington. She's actually within two points of Patty Murray, a 30-year corrupt Marxist veteran of the Senate out of the left state of Washington. The fact that Tiffany is within two points in Washington is unbelievable. She has a chance to win this. Let's try and help her do that. Blake Masters in Arizona. Very tough race. It's a seesaw race. He's been mostly behind. The guy he's running against is Gabby Gifford's husband and a dyed-in-the-wool Marxist, although he tries to pretend to be something else and touts his astronaut background and all this usual Democratic nonsense. Let's support Blake. Let's see if we can put him across the finish line. One of the tougher races. Another tough race, Joe O'Day, but winnable in Colorado. He's actually within a point or two of Bennett, another entrenched Democratic Marxist from, unfortunately, the now blue state of Colorado. And then Ted Budd in North Carolina. He's about a point ahead of his competitor, That's definitely a winnable race, but he needs your support. Those are the key Senate races, the key close Senate races. Go to ontherightsideradio.com. Click on the Take Action in the middle of the homepage. All right, folks, how about rat-a-tat-tat, and boy, do we have a lot to cover on a wide range of subjects. Let's start off with the economic news. OPEC, you know, Russia's ally, has decided to cut oil production. They increased it slightly in August, which kind of helped Biden with his political aspirations to temporarily get the price of gas down ahead of the midterms. But now OPEC and Russia are cutting 2 million barrels a day. That's a lot of oil, folks. Crude prices jumped like skyrocketed 10, 15% on the news just a day or two ago. And guess what? Higher prices are coming your way once again, just like I told you they would months ago after this little respite where we went down from 150% increase to 100% increase in fuel prices. Oh, and of course, none of this is politically motivated. No, 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 no. All right, Nord Stream 1 and 2 blow-ups over there in the Baltic. I promised you I'd bring you some information this week, last week. In my opinion, the United States is absolutely the culprit. Number one, you have cadavers' threats to blow it up. You've seen the clips. 
from several months ago, and his smug little grin when asked by a reporter how we were going to do that. Oh, don't worry, we'll get it done. Number two, you have no other player with any motives. Russia can just shut the pipeline down. They don't have to blow it up. Number three, this happened coincidentally, of course, right after Europe, the EU, signed gas and oil delivery contracts with Israel through their pipeline and through Poland, Poland's new pipeline. So they had their alternative sources, you know, in play. Huh, imagine that. I'm not the only one who thinks this. And this has been corroborated, by the way, by Blinken, you know, our great Secretary of State. Oh, gag me. His comments over the last week, oh, this presents a great opportunity to advance the Green New Deal, blah, 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 blah. And you can look up his comments. I mean, they're not worth mentioning here, other than as a dot. But Jim Rickards, a former CIA advisor, he tweeted, I don't know who blew up the Nord Stream pipelines. I do know that when you're solving a mystery, you look for motives. Russia has none. They can turn off the gas when they want. The U.S. has plenty. Blame Putin, escalate the war, advance green agenda, make EU dependent, go from there. And then Sachs, who happens to be the director of the Columbia University Center for Sustainable Development, Radar data indicates that American military helicopters, typically based in Gdansk, Poland, have been circling over the area. And Monkey Works, excellent reports, probably the foremost tracker of all aircraft, including military aircraft, in the world. And he reports that a certain type of plane, United States, (laughs) a special ops plane, capable of carrying sophisticated torpedoes that can be dropped from the air, was immediately over the area that the rupture occurred at the time the rupture occurred. Well, I'll let you connect the dots. One thing is for certain, this does not please Putin or Russia. It is an escalation of the war, which we seem intent on doing. I wonder why. Maybe the midterms coming up. Who knows what might happen between then and now. And Russia dispatched the Poseidon, the largest submarine in the world and the most quiet, the most difficult to track. And that submarine, dispatched just days after the break in these lines, is carrying six 100-megaton torpedoes. To put this in perspective, the bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki were measured in the kilotons. One of these torpedoes is capable of creating a giant tsunami. Think about what a tsunami would do to the east coast of the United States. All right, the next thing. And we're going to make a a giant leap here, although it's all connected, to COVID. Here's a headline. Newborn baby deaths hit critical levels for second time in seven months. This is a story out of the expose, who happens to be an excellent reporting source. They're talking about Scotland and Europe. Scotland, in fact, has halted all jabs of young people and babies, and has launched an investigation in this spike in deaths. And Europe has now paused jabs on 5 to 11-year-olds, and they've launched a study into that. In addition, you'll love this, another study. Nine in every 10 COVID-19 deaths between May of 2021 and May of 2022 were among the triple vaccinated, 9 of 10. In fact, the same is true in Canada, not just in Europe and the United States. That's why Canada dropped its jab mandate to cross the border, not to mention that Trudy over there is facing some pressure from Pierre, the new uh, conservative head of the Conservative Party in Canada, and very popular. 
Remember that all these articles are under Ratatat Tat on the homepage on the rightsideradio.com. You can read the entire story, get all the details. I'm just giving you the general synopsis of these various Ratatat Tat stories. And this kind of ties in with the FDA refusing, refusing to offer up the autopsy studies of <laughs> supposed victims of the jab. You know, autopsies of people who are amongst the reported figures in the VAERS database, Vaccine Adverse Effect Report. Now, why wouldn't the FDA offer up the autopsies? Hmm. In fact, they've even refused FOIA requests. This is all currently in court. I think we have all seen, even those of you who don't want to believe, we have all seen the reports from embalmers and embalmer associations really around the world and in the United States as to all sorts of strange things they're finding when they embalm corpses that have died of quote-unquote COVID-19 but happen to be, you know, jabbed, triple jabbed or quadruple jabbed. Is it possible that the FDA in their autopsies had discovered the same? Their excuse, by the way, is to protect the medical privacy of the families to whom the deceased belong. Let's juxtapose that with the same FDA and CDC and government agencies. We talked about them in the Black Swan historical part, didn't we? Let's juxtapose that with their insistence that people, or their insistence that has now gone away for now, that people carry digital vaccine passports, giving away their medical information to be scanned at any airport or counter or store or gathering. (laughs) You can't make this up. Totally in opposite to one another, right? It's always been my opinion that when somebody doesn't want to give you information, particularly since experts say that these autopsy reports could very easily be redacted so that name, social security number, all that stuff is not on them, And we know the federal government is good at redaction, right? Just look at what the Department of Justice, the FBI, etc. does when they release a document. You know, 75% of it is redacted. But it does make you wonder. I'll say on top of this story for you, too. Let's, Let's compare this to other news, which is not COVID, but it's certainly COVID related because the propagator of the vaccines and all sorts of other drugs like remdesivir, which kills 53% of the people that it's applied to, which was required protocol for hospitals to get funding from the federal government. Hmm. I wonder why that is. This could be eugenics or population control, could it? It seems that Tricky Tony Fraudulent Fauci, it's been discovered through disclosures Quote, the Fauci household disclosed net worth increased from $7.6 million in January 1 of 2019 to over $12.6 million at December 31, 2021. He almost doubled his net worth during the pandemic, folks. As you know, he's the highest paid federal employee, right? Makes more than $456,000 in 2021 compensation and increased to $480,000 a year in 2022, which is more than the president, the vice president, and the Supreme Court justices. And then in a really disturbing story, I, I brought you part of this, just the tip of the iceberg last week, having to do with our military, military readiness, what appears to be the deliberate degradation of our military on all sorts of levels, morale, mental, physical, training, focus, indoctrination, NBC News, of all places, reported that there was a Defense Department survey and it found that only 9% 
of those who were eligible to serve in the military had any inclination to serve. That's the lowest number since 2007. The New York Times was quick to jump in after that story and say this is because we have such a booming labor market here in the United States that people just have too many other opportunities. Uh Uh-huh, you bet. Actually, many young Americans don't want to join the military now due to the politicization that has taken place, including, by the way, around these COVID jabs, which brings me to the next part of this rat-a-tat-tat. On the website, under the audio bar, in the military section of articles this week, and under corruption, and also on the COVID page, which I will remind you is probably the biggest compendium of the most sources from around the world having to do with all things COVID and COVID jab on the web. Go to the ontherightsideradio.com site, click on the COVID page, and boy, it is a wealth of information, and some of it conflicting. You can make your own decisions. But this video that's been posted was put together by an outfit called Tall Tales with Taco. This is a retired Marine colonel aviator who runs uh, this podcast, and he had two currently serving Marine lieutenant colonels on, and both of them had resisted the jab mandate, which, by the way, is totally illegal. You need to see the contortions that the military is going through to cover its butt and eject service members that they consider either conservative or Christian. I mean, this has nothing to do with a jab. This has to do with legal liabilities. As I explained to you last week, they're actually playing games with these veterans and officers. These are field officers, commanding officers, XOs, COs of elite units. I'm just using the Marine Corps. It's true in all the services. It is a purge. The jab is its foundation. And the military has actually mandated jabs with orders to try put together by JAG, right, the attorneys for the military, that say you are ordered to take the FDA-approved jab or be discharged. Well, <laughs> the only FDA-approved jab, folks, is Comirnaty. I've brought you this story in the past. Comirnaty is not manufactured. You cannot get that approved FDA jab anywhere because it doesn't exist. The military tries to say that, well, the ingredients are pretty much the same in the EUA, that is the experimental jab, and the Comirnaty jab, which doesn't exist, so therefore you have to take experimental jab. Unfortunately, that runs contrary to the Constitution, and it runs contrary to law. Law specifically says that you cannot be forced, whether you're in the military or not, to take an experimental drug, period. And what these folks who are getting discharged by the military are now finding is that the military won't let them resign where they get their benefits that they've accrued fighting, in some cases, four and seven tours in combat overseas for us. It won't allow them to resign and get their benefits. Instead, it holds them in limbo. It basically puts them in the closet. You're discharged, but you cannot leave, and we can't finalize the discharge. You really need to watch this video. These are very well-spoken officers. They took a big risk in going on air with these problems, particularly since they're active duty members. And it will just boggle your mind how far this administration will go to weaken our military, exercise control, and, as a sidelight, to pave the way for potential military catastrophe, given the foes that we face, Russia and particularly China, right now at this period of time in history. Maybe another black swan event they're planning? 
Oh, Biden's plans to cancel student debt. Hmm. A bunch more lawsuits have been filed. And very quietly, he's amended, or should we say adjusted, what he's going to do. Now he's excluded 4 million recipients of student loans. Anybody who has any money from any private institution, not just the government, which everybody gets to pay for. Well, gee, where was that carried in the mainstream media? Hmm. They must have forgotten. Or maybe they didn't know right. Two of these new lawsuits are by the Pacific Legal Foundation, which argues that they bypass Congress. He doesn't have the power to do it. And six states have now brought lawsuits along these lines, too. The lawsuit filed by the states, let me quote, in addition to being economically unwise and downright unfair, the Biden administration's mass debt cancellation is yet another example in a long line of unlawful regulatory actions at the agencies, folks. No statute permits President Biden to unilaterally relieve millions of individuals from their obligation to pay loans they voluntarily assumed, unquote. I warned you several weeks ago that credit card companies were colluding with the government to allow the government to get around the laws which preclude gun registrations and lists of gun owners to work with private entities, and they're working with the credit card companies so that now all gun and ammo purchases are going to be on a separate code rather than general merchandise. Well, that has now occurred, folks. A warning to the wise. And not only that, we now come to find out that all these statistics, anything and everything you buy relative to weapons on a credit card, is going to go to the ISO. You know what the ISO is? Well, it was established under the London Declaration in 2021, you know, one of those gray albatrosses that came out of the Black Swan event. And it's linked to the United Nations, and it's an NGO, and oh, it's a big promoter, and it's going to keep standardizations on weapons around the world, and all sorts of, you know, Green New Deal things, like whether or not you're complying, or companies are complying. Ah, a little United Nations, you know, the Small Arms Treaty? This is kind of a way right into it, a segue, if you will, circumventing the Constitution and the rule of law in the United States, not to mention the Second Amendment. Remember our historical story today. Two representatives, Comers and Thompson, have put together a group of 128 GOP congressmen. They're investigating foreign land ownership, particularly Chinese land ownership. You know the big uproar over 200 acres near the Air Force Base in North Dakota, Chinese buying it? I mean, put aside the national security concerns. Well, you know what's come up? Gee, Chinese folks have purchased not 200 acres in North Dakota, but they've increased their holdings of U.S. farmland from 13,720 acres in 2010 to 352,000 acres in 2020. (laughs) Think about that. Did you know that approximately 37.6 million acres, 2.9% of privately owned American agricultural land are owned by foreign entities? Fortunately, Canadians lead the pack with 32% of that number, and 31% is held by European nations, Netherlands, Italy, Britain, Germany. But China is rapidly ascending. Think about the effects of this on national security, depending upon where this land is located next to or near sensitive military installations like the 200 acres in North Dakota. And think about what it means for food production and distribution. As an aside, it now appears that purchases over the last several years have been by 
Oh, green energy companies. Does that mean they're going to be taking farmland out of production for green energy projects, solar and wind? <laughs> Think about that. You know, gee, we'll have a clean earth, but we'll all starve to death. I just love it. And then kind of a related rat-a-tat-tat story. As you know, China owns most of the rare earth minerals around the planet because we were asleep at the switch. And we need rare earth minerals for everything, including, by the way, a mineral called lithium, which is a key to batteries, which is a key to the green energy revolution. You know, the batteries that California doesn't have enough energy to charge, those batteries. And for solar storage and wind storage and all sorts of things. Well, it apparently we have discovered the largest deposits of lithium in the United States in the state of Maine. Unfortunately for us, you know, us folks that want to see green energy just flourish everywhere because it's a savior. You know, it'll stop us from incineration. This $1.5 billion deposit is in a state that prohibits mining. That's right. Maine recently enacted mining laws which preclude its extraction. In fact, you can't have an open pit of more than three acres in Maine. Hmm, I wonder how the greenies are going to resolve this amongst themselves. Remember that it takes 500,000 square feet of excavation to make a 1,000-pound, you know, about 12-square-foot lithium battery. Gee, there seems to be a little conflict here. I guess the greenies didn't really think this out too well, did they? Or maybe they don't care, and it's just another gray albatross following a black swan that they themselves precipitated. This is a disturbing rat-a-tat-tat. Think about this. So BlackRock, right? That huge fund which basically controls the planet and Vanguard, the secret investors of which are all the elites. And of course, if you want to hear about BlackRock and Vanguard, listen to the history of the robber barons on the right side radio.com. They also manage most of the pension funds around the United States. And where are those pension funds invested? Oh, yeah, in stocks, in companies. So what they've been doing, it now comes out, and more studies are being done, is, number one, they have been voting their shares to put in woke corporate officers. You know, those folks who were trained from the black swan events of the 1970s and 1980s in an ever-tilting left education system. And once those woke folks are in place, then they're voting your shares, that's right, the shares you own in your pension fund and <laughs> completely disagree with the policies they're voting for. They're voting for these companies to give massive sums to left-leaning organizations which promote globalism and attacks on faith, family, and the Constitution. If you have stocks in a pension fund, you might want to find out about this. You might want to get your neighbors and your cohorts and your co-workers together at your company or wherever you work. And you might want to take back control of your voting, of your shares in your retirement accounts, folks. Because entrusting a proxy to the likes of globalists and anti-American woke folks is probably not in the best interest of your country, yourself, your children, or your children's children. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. We're out of time once again, folks, and always. Look in the mirror. Repeat with conviction, particularly with the midterms coming. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. 
I will join with those in these United States and across the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. Keep the wind at your back. Talk to you next week.